Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to be my friend, you would better go and get a pen. Go get it. Maybe we could keep in touch like we did in the old days it wasn't so long ago. And I wish you You do this? You hit the celestial note. You do note. this when you're singing? When you sing? Yeah, you have to. If you're serious about singing, you have to do so that. So that you can't hear it in your monitor. Don't let me close one monitor. I don't want to hurt anymore. Stay in my arms if you dare. Must I a man? Didn't you there? Don't walk away from me. I have nothing, nothing, nothing if I don't have you. You, you, only my darling. Sergeant? Sergeant? Listen, was that beautiful? This is when I wish we had a camera on Lissa. She's crying, blood. She's crying blood. It She's was got the stigmata. Beautiful. Right? Right. Honey, my darling. I don't know why remember this, took me, to out, this was... took me to Whitney right away. I don't know why. Yeah. But do you remember? Remember? Uh, she goes into that low register in the in-between. No. She, no, she goes, you're yeah, there. But she goes, yeah. if I don't have you. She goes, honey, my darling. If I don't. God, I got to rewatch Bodyguard. Too early for Elliot. Not early enough. Should have already shown it. Yeah, I was, has, I was Elliot Sage. Catalog. I think I might. I was Elliot too. Sage when I there saw. There was it. some movie I just thought of the other day that I was like, "Oh, I wonder if that's too soon." I can't remember. I Came tried to watch. I don't know if she. Well, I, too soon, as in I don't know. Will she appreciate it? like something like A League of Their Own? Oh. Would Elliot be like, "Oh my god"? She would appreciate. I I was six when I watched A League of Their Own. I was. Obsessed. Does she like being scared? 
I think I've asked you this. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> I tried watching it. It oh, the, I new, know, the new I one. I tried starting part two. Big Mouth with my 11 year old niece because I was like, yeah, it's about like te- like 11, preteens 12, and 13. changing yeah. bodies, and it is unacceptable to watch okay. with an 11 year old. Okay. It, I mean, in in the first 30 seconds, I was like, sorry, Phoebe, we no. We're not I, watching. I this. made a wrong I'm, decision. This was a huge mistake. Yeah, I sc- I'm cutting my losses now. <laughs> Don't do. Yeah. Also, no Bojack. <laughs> Bojack Horseman. Such um. Uh, what? There was some movie I thought would be fucking great, and now I cannot remember. Goonies. We've watched Goonies. We've never, done a lot. Neverending Story. We that might be too scary for her. A little scary. Uh, I don't know how far Artex, we got dude. into Artex it. in the swamp of sadness. I know we didn't get the, to that point. I think she was Did she uninterested, and I think we started big, and then she was just like, "I just don't care about this." <laughs> um, I think she also maybe felt weird that he now lived alone in the city. Also, that kid just went into New York City to like give Tom Hanks stuff and like went back home and his parents were like, Where you? Oh, you got on the bus into New York City and came yeah. back? Like kind My of dad crazy. used to do that all the time growing up. They'd so go in. crazy. Yeah. But maybe that's nothing. Adventures in babysitting? Um, is that for kids? It was. Elizabeth Shue? Yeah. It was by those standards then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember what it was, but I thought, oh, I can't. it really towed a line as, like, oh, maybe that's for kids. Maybe that's not secret of them for a kid. No, you're not going to be able to guess it. That's not a real movie. Uh, Adam Caton Holland listened to an episode and he said, uh, "Rory, you have to watch The Snowman. You would love it." He said it's only a half hour. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Dun, 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 dun. Go on. Dun, 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 dun. And then you do Whitney to that. <laughs> Dun, 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 and then out of nowhere, I have nothing, nothing. Um, I can't should we do it? You. Take a little break. Come right back. Yeah. Are you guys gonna come back? We are. We'll see you right back here. Okay. Right here. Come right back. Okay. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, 
especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean, it's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Let's go to the letters! Hey, you want to make the New Year's resolution that we... Uh, Name the bird? Yeah. Which one do you want to do? Get in there. Shut up. You <laughs> shush. Oh, I don't like this one already. Why? It says Dana Vayner Candle and Rory Mori Scorey, and that's not the correct order. It's How the right creepy. order, but I don't like it. How creepy. Same stationary card. Card. That's the last uh, episode we did, I think. But when is what? Maybe this is out of order? This is Jan 10, folks. Here we go. Oh, it is wrong. My dearest Daniel and Rory, what a way to start the year. <laughs> On the right foot. Lately, I have been thinking about parenting and siblings. I saw this funny meme once that said, once you finally figure out how to parent your first child, it's not helpful at all for your second. And this is so true. I am a mother of two boys. My oldest son, Elliot, is vastly different than my youngest, Oliver. Elliot is a hyperactive, artsy soul with a brilliant mind. Oliver is more goofy as well as stubborn and a brute. Seriously, he is already beating up his older brother at the ripe age of two and a half years old. Elliot his also fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> Elliot also has autism and ADHD, and boy, has that been a huge challenge. Learning how best to parent a tiny human being with their own personality is one thing, but adding a disability on top of it is another. Sometimes I wonder if I am carrying out the specific way I parent Elliot to the way I parent Oliver, and will there be any consequences of that? I'm sure I can't be alone in this feeling and or that I am the only parent doing this. Do either of you think it's possible that you were raised in a way that was better suited for your older sibling or did your parents adjust to a special style just for just for you? Rory, I know you have siblings, but I'm not sure about Daniel. Love and always pondering mom, Chelsea. Um, yeah, we're in a different boat here. You being the eldest, yeah. me being the second eldest yeah. of many. Daniel is the eldest of three. Yep. Um, 
yeah, I guess I guess you won't be able to. I guess you have to wonder the the opposite of the question. Mm-hmm. Did did that change? What's the age gap between you and your next brother? Two and a half years, three years. Was there a time when you sort of felt like, hey, I'm not getting treated the same, or there's like a leniency? It's usually a leniency. We we, we also just have like very different personalities. Yeah. Are you and your sister similar as um, people? I like, guess. If you work together, would you eat lunch? Um, I don't know if she'd invite me to the table. <laughs> I mean, to like run to Cordoba or something. I don't know if she'd let me go with the group. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think there's a lot that we're similar on. I think we have we laugh at similar things. Yeah. Um, same. I don't know if we're drawn to the same entertainment. I don't know if we're drawn to the same stimulation for stuff because I, I think it I think part of probably parenting yeah multiple children but having to come to terms with the facts of like this kid is not like that other kid yeah in terms of what they'll eat or what their their risk assessment yeah right? you see that a and lot? you only know that when you get to the second kid right what the first kid was really like it must throw you for a loop when the third one isn't like either one of these two assholes. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like what are you yeah there's a lot of times where the third kid is like the angel, and they're like, oh, finally, we get a little break. These other two are fucking assholes. <laughs> yeah, the, in terms of also, like, sleep schedule for an infant and stuff like that. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, this yeah. is so different. This is way harder. This is way easier. Right. right. But I even feel like with my nephews, I am an uncle to them in different ways. Yes. So I do try to realize, like, what one wanted to do with me and it was thought was fun at age 12 is not necessarily the same as the next one at age 12. And the way right. in which I relate and speak to them should also be different. You yeah. Know? It's funny when I was talking to one of my nephews and it was like a new school year. And I said, uh, are you th- the one that's older than them? If they were doing something, you could kind of be like, come on, knock it off. You want to do this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And but this one, I said, "Are you going to do choir uh, anymore?" And they're like, "No." Like, well, you're not doing choir. You love to sing. You sing all the time. And he goes, "Just don't have the passion." And I was like, "This conversation's done. Got it." <laughs> and then he flicked his cigarette and he walked in back into the house. And, and he was like, "Oh, dude!" My other, it at you. Ow. My other nephews, none of them speak in that way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And certainly didn't speak in that way at that age. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That were like, I yeah. just don't have the passion for it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you are such a thoughtful little kid. Yeah. That you've really, you've thought about this a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's interesting, and this is kind of in the world of this uh, question, but maybe not, uh, or this discussion. But you know what's interesting is sometimes thinking about the reincarnation of souls and how you maybe stay within proximity of yeah. like... You know, you maybe you're not like so far out away from mm-hmm. to the point where you don't know if you're talking to what maybe once was your dad or what once was your a different grandmother sure. or yeah. I often wonder that like when like you this the the bond that you and Rosemary have, you actually don't know if at some point she was your dad and you were her daughter. Like you don't know like what yeah. your soul might or have we been. Or we were we were like uh 
like a major and a lieutenant together. <laughs> yeah, in like yeah. The, World the, War some I. connection as to why these two souls have this bond yeah. uh, that isn't just because it's a grandmother grandson. Like, sure, that maybe is an influence, but something beyond that. Yeah. Um, it's funny to think that you're talking to that nephew. And like almost, I'm like, I just don't have the passion. And you'd be like, okay. And you're like, oh my God, I think this kid's older than me. Like, because maybe they were. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe we've had a conversation 150 years yeah. ago, like by candlelight, where yeah. they're like, I no longer have the passion for this. Yeah. yeah the same, that same moment occurred. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, oh. Okay. And like, but you can't, your first chair. Like, yeah. we're, we're yeah. arguing yeah, about yeah. them leaving the orchestra in Boston or something. Yeah. <laughs> breaking the violin. No. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, there is a strange thing in parenting. Now, granted, I'm, I'm coming at it, uh, as the parent of one child, but you thought about I've it. I've seen sure. it. Sure. And I, and I've seen it like there is this strange recognition that the personalities of your children just are what they are. And it's and and I think science has come to tell us that, it's not even necessarily based in genetics and it's not even necessarily based in influence that there are elements of who you are. And this is why I think it's very interesting to consider the um, past lives and souls. There is an element of, you know, certain elements of Daniel Van Kirk that were already in place despite being a family that lived this way in this region, in this area that you just are, who you are and it, it it didn't have anything to do with the the dna of your family it had nothing to do with the genetics of your father it had nothing to do with the genetics of your mother it doesn't mm -hmm. your grandfather's out of the equation it literally was just already in place and uh it's i think there's just nothing you can do about it i think it's why some families you know, you see a family that gets along so well, you can't even fully understand. I certainly cannot understand it. My family has so much friction. And then other families that see a family like mine has so much friction, like, I don't understand it. And you're almost like, I, and there's no fixing it. You can't, it's just, these are forced personalities, you know? It's these friction families that came up with the slogan, you can't choose your family. <laughs> right. That's not, there's no family that was getting along that came up with the slogan, you don't choose your family. Like, right. they, no one would even say anything like that. It's the families that don't get along. And it, there's nothing you can do about it. It's, it's, it's just what people's personalities are. You choose to either keep the peace uh, or not. And I mean, that's, you know, would you say there's a vast difference between you and your two brothers? Would you say there's a vast difference between your youngest brother and the two older brothers? Would you say there's a vast, like the, it's just what it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, like, I think too, like if you're having a second kid and, and you're aware of this, are you, if you're debating having a second kid, are you kind of like, Hey, do you want to do all this again and not know what it's yeah. not? Am I, you yeah. shouldn't think it's going to be the same as this. Yeah. And then I wonder how it is for multiple kids. I think that's what kids. excites people to do it. You have multiple kids and you, as they grow up, you realize that not that the love is any different, but you do get along with one of them more. You have a similar yeah. interest yeah. with one of them more. Yeah. And you still, if you know, I think if you're a good parent, you share in their interests. You let, they, it, it, it should be way more that you are sharing in their interests than you forcing them to share in your interests. Well, you just share your interests, but you shouldn't push them so you can always like guide them to be like, hey, try like a thing. But you know, it's the it's the you're not uh, teaching your kid how to be your kid. But your like, kid is teaching you how to be their parent, yeah, and sure. so That's you have to, to go into it like 
oh yeah, what do you need? How should I be? Now I say, I, I have given that, I, I didn't come up with what I just said and I've given it to many new uh, dads for sure, our mutual friends who maybe are having a kid. I've always said that, like remember that, keep it in mind. It's hard to do. It's a hard thing to like execute. It's just kind of like knowing where the top of the mountain is. It's like, all right, so aim for that and maybe you'll get there. But you know what I always there. think about is that story that you've told here years ago where you were driving somewhere with Ellie and you got like really upset about something that had spilled. Yeah, it's a she, chapstick. And she was like, chill out. <laughs> yeah. And it was yeah. her telling you like, yeah, parent me this yeah. way, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, what? Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. And then you, to your credit, not that you weren't upset and pissy. We're like, okay, I did. Hold on. Yeah. Well, I was. I was upset about you know thinking about my dad, and I was like in this headspace, and like, and so I I did like realize like oh to the to your children you have to just tell them you know you have to apologize you have to teach them humility through example you can't be their you're not a dictator. You're not an authoritarian. You're not meant to be on this planet to, because you brought a human into it that you brought someone into the world that you get to tell them what to do. That isn't what, it's pretty, it's that's not what you're doing. I think a lot of time it was that. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were, I mean, as, and, I, and I love my family and I know you do too, yeah. but it, we were treated like that. We we're treated like an authoritarian we don't do that. where it was like, exactly. We don't do And you're like, you know, people had different theories on how you create boundaries and translate and communicate those boundaries. But, you know, I think we're getting more and more as a type of people that, especially fathers, I think, are getting to a point where you realize, oh, it's not the, what it is not this classic 1950s version of I go to work and I come home and there's food on the table and the wife is raising the kids and cleaning up and what she's a, got the food ready. And what a dream. And I get to walk in and just eat the food and be a little too strict with the kid. And they're kind of afraid of me. Like, all of that is now not there. And that's now dad's being more proactive in the rearing and raising of uh, children. And I think it's yeah, you better. Never saw I the think example, kids are starting to... You never saw the example of the mom and kids having a great time. And the mom yeah. going, oh, my God, guys, wait till your dad gets home. Yes. It was never. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was never. And immediately so, put like, fear. Guys, wait till we get to share this great moment. Wait till he, wait till he, when your father yeah. gets home, we're going to yeah. have this You're great gonna moment. You're going to smile. Right. You're going to really smile. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I look at it like, uh, um, I know we're a little off topic, which is what we do. Yeah, but, what we do. Uh, you know, with like uh, my child, with Elliot, it's, I, I, I don't want to have the same relationship with her that I had with my dad. I'd rather point out the things that I wish my dad provided or that I wish I would have had um, the wherewithal to communicate to my dad to affect that relationship more positively. I try to think, well, how can I influence my child to truly tell me the worst thing knowing I will be here as a point of information or, you know, uh, whatever suggestions on, you know, advice. Like I'd rather my kid never be embarrassed or ashamed or scared to share something with me. And like, you know, over time have a relationship where it's like, this is my dad, but mm -hmm. it's my friend. This mm -hmm. is my friend, dad. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I see that in, in you and Rosemary a lot where it's like, 
we're driving drinks, we're playing cards, we're spending time right. together. You know, that's a that you really think about it. Like that's your grandmother and you're her grandson, but still there's a social element there that it, that that along. transcends yeah. the decades of age that separates the two of you. She's what, eighties, nineties, where what is ninety three. I mean, you're talking about fifty years between the two of you, she, she, you are not yet born. If you're her, you're, you're not born for seven more years. Right. That's crazy. That's so crazy to think about. But yet, here you are, your friends. You're mm-hmm. able to bridge that space with just having a healthy relationship where you're willing to talk to each other. Yeah. And so you you aim for that. And you, I think you hope to have that with all your kids. But in regards to this, um, it's no... Uh, you know, it's no lie. It's not something that the two of us can relate to, but I don't know what it's like to have a second child in general. I definitely don't know what it's like to have a second child that is beating up the first child who has a disability. And that child's too young to understand. <laughs> yes. Like. Yes. I will say, you know, in trying to uh, communicate something that isn't a fact, but a possibility is that um, you may find that that second child, uh, grows up and becomes the most go to bat for my older brother kid. Like you don't fuck with my brother. I will mm-hmm. fuck you up. You see that in a lot of families. Very endearing when sure, like yeah. one sibling is like die hard, ride or die with their mm-hmm. brother or sister. Um which you might see that, but I do I feel like I do see a common trait a lot of times with a firstborn that's very gentle and loving and a second born that's a little bit of a hellraiser. Um and it's just what it you know, it's just what it is. There's nothing you can do about it. I like this letter. I like talking about. I do too. I find it interesting. I parenting. think wouldn't it be sort of like I don't want to say bummer. That's mean. Like if you had one kid and like they get up in the morning and you're like, "What? You get in a fight with your hair overnight, right?" And then they go, "Looks like your hair beat you up, right?" And then the second kid comes out and you're like, "Oh, look who also got a fight with the hair." And they're like, "Stop making fun of me." And it's just two complete yeah. different ways in which they handle. Yes. And then you have to be like, "Oh, oh this right. one." I can't talk to this one the way I talk to this. Yeah. One. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, it seems difficult, but at the same time, you've been around five friends, and you kind of cannot fully. We have you, com- we have comedy friends who do not want to get fucked with. They don't want to get fucked. But we with. have other comedy friends yeah. who are like, you guys never. Do you guys not like me? Yeah. Nobody, you guys don't. Make the way me. that I could like walk in and say something to you, knowing that you're going to get the joke, and mm-hmm. and then you just see very endearing to this person because I don't think they'd get the joke, and right. so I'm not trying to start beef. Right. It's right. not that you're walking in trying to start beef with you. You're just going, oh, the endearing thing I said to you, I also said to Daniel, but our endearing thing is communicated differently and that's what we like to call love languages (laughs) right lissa remember who's got 10 weeks to remember that four months we spent together finding out what they are um yeah this is great i love this uh chelsea thank you very much good luck with those uh two boys um that's definitely not easy um we did recently discuss on an episode that hamburger helper can get you across the finish line um so cons- consider that one as what. Um, we wish you well. Sincerely, your pen pals, Rory Scoville and Daniel Van Kirk. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, 
or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back! Plugs and hugs, Jam 10 in uh, 11 days. Daniel and I will be in San Francisco uh, for the San Francisco Sketch Fest doing a live Pen Pals. So please come on out. Check out that uh, show. We're going to be at Cobb's Comedy Club for SF Sketch We're Fest. We're recording this early. We may, the, our guest is probably known, hopefully known by now. Hopefully Might known by known. now. Might be known. Uh, but, uh, yeah, go to our websites. Uh, go to SF Sketch, or sfsketchfest.com. Yep. There's going to be tickets there. If you want tickets, this is how you, uh, how you get them. And also tell people. If you're like, oh, I'm definitely going to go to this. Bring some people. Help fill that sure. place up. Cobbs, I think, holds about 400 people. So it would be really nice to get a nice crowd in there uh, for us to do a nice big show and um, have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then Check out just your tour dates at RoyScoville.com. Tour dates, lots, of, lots of shows coming up. Uh, I'm also doing some regular stuff at Elysian now. So check it out if you're L.A. specific. DanielVanKirk.com. You can watch Wine Club. I'm sure it's on Amazon, Apple. It's a fun movie. Um, next a week from today, uh, you could have a chance to go to the screening if you go to at Wine Club on Instagram, and then go to my dates. I'm coming to Wisconsin, like May 18th, Green Lake. Yeah, I know it's a long ways away, but it's fine. I'm not really, it's sort of in the between places. You're playing so an I'm opera house. Come there. 
Thrasher. That's crazy. It was like a heavy metal joke, right? Yeah. Thrasher, Opera House. T O H. Let's go, go to this letter. Okay, ready? You better be ready, dude. I'm to, ready. To my pen pals. That's both of us. Is it drawn? Is it a bot or drawn? It's a print. Okay. Party on. When? I went as uh, Garth for Halloween. Party on Garth. You did this year? Oh. Are you Garth? I'd we like should do Wayne's World. I'd like to get by now. We do Pals World, and Excuse it's me. us doing Wayne's World version of Pen Pals. As Pen Pals? I as watched, I watched that. Go ahead. We're both Wayne. Is Wayne's World okay for Elliot? I watched that with Phoebe this past year, and she loved it. Oh. Swing. Swing. God, I missed that. I'm, my arms are getting tired of holding this. That's what she said. All right. Dear, what makes a no? Dear Rory and Daniel, what makes a perfect karaoke song? Hmm. Karaoke, it is okay. Carrie's fine. I've Carrie, are you okay? Hesitantly. Are you going to carry? Okay. I thought the same exact. Carrie, are you going to okay? Carrie, are you going to carry? Okay. You've been hit by. You've been a smooth by. operator. And then that's actually a pretty good karaoke yeah. thing. Yeah. I've hesitantly saddled up behind that cheap mic more than I care to admit. A tone deaf crooner, des- desperate to delight my friends and sometimes strangers. With a song that's precisely curated to charm and satisfy. Mm. For me, the essence of a perfect karaoke song is a vessel of nostalgia, a shared sentimental journey that adds a little magic. Mm -hmm. It should be recognizable, but not overworn, Mm -hmm. that they are elated to remember. Mm -hmm. The perfect song is different every time, shaped by the unique blend of friends and the vibe of the day. Yeah. My favorite venue is an old Korean restaurant with a with private rooms in the back and giant binders stuffed with stuffed full of songs that you have to sift through while friends are singing. Look for something a bit vulnerable. And unexpected that defies the image people have of you. Hmm. If you could see me deciphering this. Let me see that. Do you want to try to bring it home, see how you do? Start there with what? What do you think makes the perfect karaoke song? If you were going with friends tonight, what would you sing? Is there anything you would do to elevate your performance? Your Good pen job. pal, Andrew. P.S. The next time you're in Chicago, get a sandwich at L&M Fine Foods. Had it? Mm-mm. They are sublime, supposedly. Party on. Party on. Andrew. Um, Andrew. I think, they, I think it was kind of stated in that letter 
the vibe really matters. I will say I have never been to a karaoke where you karaoke bar where you have a private room. Oh, there's a great one down here. I've never done it downtown. I've only ever been to open in a space and everyone has to just kind of listen and bear it. I like that more. Yeah. The one, the best karaoke has ever been to as an audience member was in Calgary forever ago. It was like 2006, 2007, I think maybe 2006. Okay. Went with, they went with Casey Corbin, I believe, and John Doerr. I know for a fact John Doerr was there because he <laughs> sang. Uh, but everybody that was going up, and I've also been to one in Vancouver, everybody that was going up did that. That's what they what did. You, oh. Like, if you went to Just an open mic. Instead of a mic, bowling league or trivia night, this was their karaoke night. Like, if you went to an open mic uh, in, like, let's say, Denver, and you found out about it because of the Grawlix guys, and then you got there and you knew six of the people on the show, that audience is going to walk away from that show going, oh, all those comics do that. Mm -hmm. There was no one winging it, trying it, blah, blah, blah. And that was these karaoke where literally people would go up and every time you'll be like, that was really good. That was great. (laughs) And then I'm pretty sure John Doerr sang Gordon Lightfoot. That's what I was going to make a joke you know and guess I mean, about. that's his thing. Gordon Sundown? Lightfoot. Yeah. Sundown and Sometimes. We do this again. Um, I think it's a sundown. Uh, and it was incredible. But I think you got to read the vibe. You got to see what's going on. I, I I don't know that you have to read the vibe when you're in private room with friends. I think you can go anything. Much, no. Yeah, I mean, you can have like, them pop off. They're like, oh, but yeah, that's yeah. The, the, of getting an entire bar. Like, yeah. at High Plains last year, the producer for All Fantasy Everything sang "Sugar, We're Going Down." Yeah, and I'll be your number one with a bullet. It. Everyone loved it. Place. Went nuts. Yeah. I mean, that's see, it's so weird because there's this little space where someone would go, well, I'm not going to sing that. But what you don't realize is that this weird song that sets the place off. I guarantee if you went around and asked people, hey, back when that first song came, that song first came out, did you even like it? Most people went like, I didn't really care well, about it. Yeah, Whatever. It but I mean, they might have been sure, like, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they maybe fun. don't care. Yeah. But now... now because I was gonna, because uh, that's like '90s or early 2000s. Early 2000s. I I went to a party. Mid-mids. They had a '90s cover band, and you kind of forget how fun '90s music is in that setting. That you kind of forget, like, oh, actually, if you want the right group, a lot of '90s choices are gonna crush. Well, we talked about this with Deirdre. What did, what did she say her song was? Four non blondes. Four non blondes, which is 90s. which was which was also saying at that of course that party, and not said. And they had uh, this woman came up and sang. I mean, if you would have closed your eyes, you'd been like, "Oh my god, she's here! Wow. It's happening!" Like four non blondes, it's happening. Th- this is the band. That's a great voice. It was it was incredible. But uh, yeah, nineties nineties songs hit really well. Dude, Jumper, yeah, I also about that played at that party. Really, um, of yeah. course. Why I saying really? But uh, uh, it's it's. It's yeah, the karaoke like Langston Kerman did. Tevin Cole, can we talk? Oh, okay. How was that? Can we talk for a minute, girl? I want to know your name. There you go. Can we talk? It really does help for a minute. Um, I don't. Yeah, yeah, it does. And uh, (laughs) it destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the thing about that is, people who know it are like, oh, 
shit. Because you kind of get people, surprised by the choice. The people who don't know it, the great thing about that song is by the second time you do it, you know the word. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. those yeah, words. Yeah, yeah. It's so easy. And now you're to, in as a group. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I also like it when people get impressed by the choice because they didn't karaoke like a good song is like oh i didn't know i wanted to hear that yeah like you're number one with the bu-. like i would have been there like i would have never if someone said do you want to hear that but no and right. then it comes on I'm like yes yeah. yes i do actually brandy you're a fine girl is always up yeah. at the cabin i mean we are you're, you're tipping cabin yeah. supremes all night dude and they start doing karaoke down at the bar cabin supremes remember after uh almost famous you know that had a long run at karaoke yeah you know the people Huge. blue jean baby and you know yeah. everybody couldn't wait for the the moment where the whole plane starts singing or the yeah, whole yeah. bus uh, oh, joins in yeah. yeah yeah that's huge. Oh, do you have any go-to karaoke's um, that's a great thing that you said though, really quick about like mm-hmm. making people realize. Oh, I didn't know I wanted to hear this. Yeah, or I think I that's the case. I know this song. Yeah, that, yeah, that's big. Yeah, there's songs, karaoke songs I'll do when we're up at the cabin. Yeah, that you can't do in L.A. They yeah, just yeah, won't yeah. hit. Yeah. One time I was at a bar in Chicago. It's a karaoke bar. They do it every night of the week, and it was probably July or August. Yeah. Every it was the right time. It was about twelve forty. Everybody there has definitely drunk. Yeah, yeah. And somebody just started singing Silver Bells, the Christmas song. Yeah. And the place just went just Silver Bells. And then everybody drunk goes Silver kind of, Bells. It's really kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. It's Christmas. <laughs> and it yeah. wasn't Christmas time. And man, yeah, yeah. I will sh- shamefully admit. I tried to recapture that a yeah. couple times when I saw this person do it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know I that they that. knew the power they wielded, like that it would hit right. But yeah, I yeah. had never, I've never, I've never tried it again. It, but yeah. I, maybe in the next year or two, maybe once or twice, I tried. Yeah. I never had it hit. It, I had people be like, it's a Christmas song. Yeah. You know, you guys <laughs> yeah. don't know. If you well, that's like there. the reading the vibe. You got to be like, all right, what is the, you can't, cause you mm-hmm. can't do that. You guys should have been there. You got to do the, all right, what are the steps yeah. that have to be taken to make Even this come a up? song like friends in low places, which is a song yeah. you know, I will, I will sing uh, very common. Yeah. Um, you can have a very fun, loving character crowd, and that just song doesn't hit the yeah. same way it would, like if you're at the cabin or yeah. you know something like that, where yeah. it's like everybody knows that. And what's the karaoke etiquette? You're not ever supposed to sing "Don't Stop Believing," right? By Journey, really? isn't that kind of like a? Is that listen? Is know. that like it's, it's, it's over done? I mean, yeah. I think that you need People to factor really in songs. Hit it. Well, it was like after old school, uh, uh, total eclipse. Was that old school? Total eclipse yeah, of the heart? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. No, no, so, that was, no. was a hangover. That was old school. Total eclipse of the heart. Yeah, like cursing. No, no I fucking need you. That was at the wedding. That was the hangover. Or oh, no, no, crashes. no, 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 no wedding crash. No, it's old school. Will Ferrell. It's at Will Ferrell's wedding oh, in Old School. Oh, yeah. yes, you're right. You're and right. um, But the band is also in Hangover. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're in Todd yeah, Phillips. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lieutenant Dan Band, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Is that what it is? No, the Dan Band. The Dan, the Dan Band. Band. Lieutenant Dan Band is Gary Sinise's band. That's real. That's also that's in. Also, no, that is real. Is that true? Yes. So I think that happens sh- sometimes, right? Like, or like shout like songs like that that yeah. have have been featured heavily in other places that get overdone, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I also it I almost seems a little hacky. Seem maybe a little hacky, but also like if everyone 
if you get the crowd hyped, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it just doesn't matter. The thing that gets me is when people don't realize how long this song is. Yeah. And then they kind of, like, towards the end of, like, I don't care. Like, you know, like, oh, then get off the fucking stage. I know. You know what's interesting is that uh, my first foray into, like, even slightly thinking about stand-up comedy, there was a place in Greenville, South Carolina called The Fiddler, and they would do karaoke and so many people that i used to go to high school with and like knew and like yeah, high school yeah. people would go there and drink and hang out and you would do karaoke and my buddy jason mitchell would go up and just sometimes instead of doing a song would tell mitch hedberg jokes and just be up there doing hedberg jokes and when my buddy Thomas told me that he did that, I was like, wait, what? Oh, my God. That's like It was that yeah. first little light bulb of like, wait, what? Oh, that sounds great. Like, yeah. oh, you just go, go, oh, go tell some of his jokes. Not like ever thinking, oh, you're not supposed to do that. But instead being like, oh, yeah, you don't have jokes. But like, you're also, those, aren't, those also aren't your songs. Yeah. But going up and be like, ah, you're comedy some, karaoke. Yeah. And I like, truly, I think people would be like, no one else is doing this. So that guy wanted to go up and tell some jokes and people go, hey, stop, listen to the jokes for like a second. And like, ah, now already done something next person yeah. sings, you know? Yeah. And no one would care. Yeah. And that was kind of the first time I was like, oh, I got to come to the Fiddler and like do a, a thing. But that, I think that really got me to go, wait, I'm going to get on the microphone and, and try to do something. There was a guy up at the cabin. His name was Rich. He was this big, tall, just fabulous gay dude. And he, uh, he would always sing Brandy or Fine Girl. That was his song. <laughs> yeah. And then there was another dude that would come in and kind of like, you know, the hats that would already be pre-ripped on yeah, the pill. Yeah, yeah. And then he would kind of have like a puka shawl, you know? And he was just sort of like, very like, I'm cool around here, you know? <laughs> and he would sing one song. Yeah. Every time it was a karaoke. And it was uh, Walking in Memphis. <laughs> and that was his. Nice. I go walking in Memphis. Yeah. And that was his. Was he good at it? Yeah, yeah, but that yeah. was it. I mean, he had and you wanted it. He had got that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. down. Piano it's man, good, it's so good to have a go to. I love the spinners. I'll be around. Yeah, I love seeing that. Too. I think I've I've talked about this before, but there was a guy in high school, a year older than us, that at parties, and this dude was like the class president, like in the government, like uh, student government g grades. Like you just were like, oh, this guy's gonna own a bank one day or do something. That's great. But when he was a little tipsy. He and he was obsessed with Billy Joel. When he was a little bit tipsy, he could sing <laughs> start to finish any Billy Joel song that you named, and like there was no shame. He sang it, and it was good enough to where you were like, no one's gonna call him out because no one's gonna commit. Yeah. If you could tell a little tipsy, loved it. I gotta look up what his name was, but that always I remember you be go at a high school party. Ah, there's some people in the driveway. You, Allentown? you would go down to the driveway <laughs> with a beer and just some people standing around and he's singing a song. And when he'd finish, people would like name some songs and go, okay. And he'd like sing that one. <laughs> and then you just decide you're done in with it. You'd walk heart, off to the next thing. There he's doing. Oh my God. He's singing in so it's it goes. It was incredible that he could, uh, it knew all those songs. Lullaby. Yeah. Good night, my Jesus. Yes. Anyone that you named, he had it. That's so funny. Um, do you remember the first time you did karaoke? I ask knowing that I do remember. No. 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 I just would love to know. I mean, I do. First, I do know that. The first song that got you up there. I would love to know. Let's just say Seven that Nation I've. Army? Yeah. 
I don't know how many times I've done karaoke, but let's do say that it's, I haven't done it in so long. It's not something I necessarily enjoy, but I would say that I've done it. Let's say I've done it 10 times. 100% of the time I've gone up there to try to be funny. Yeah. Um, and what's I've learned every single time that I forget is that no one wants it to be funny. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Actually, I do know the last time I did karaoke. It was on this tour in, um, I think, in Davenport, Iowa, an awesome bar we went to. We were definitely, like, we did not drink a lot on the tour, but this night we were toasted mm-hmm. <laughs> at the next day off. And we are doing karaoke. Uh, Grant Manship, my tour I've manager, was doing uh, Beck. Yep. And I was doing, I got up there and I did uh, uh, The Doors because I'd done it on Josh Adam Meyer's show so many times, uh, Roadhouse Blues. Mm-hmm. So I did Roadhouse Blues and I'm like performing it, trying to be jokey. And at like one point I open my eyes, I turn around, I'm like, oh, even the guys I came with aren't even watching this. Oh. <laughs> And all I thought was like, why can't I just get up here and just sing a song? Like, why I already do this for a living, yeah. but yet still, oh, a microphone? Well, let me try yeah. to work it into, let me put my my flavor on it. Man, there was a time when I would sing, Monk, see, this, this thing going to work in LA most of the time. Uh, Montgomery Gentry's like uh, uh, our town, this is yeah. our town. But my first ever one was uh, Marshall Tucker Band, Can't You See? There you go. That was the first year, and it was in a VFW in Clinton, Illinois. So that should work. It did. Yeah. 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 Two guys called their estranged wives. Um, this was nice. I love it. I do too. Thanks so much for sending this in. Andrew, we wish you well. Sincerely, your pen pals, Daniel Van Kirk, Rory Van Scoville. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.